Welcome to the show today, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Lang Show. Very excited. You actually do still sound a little sick. All of a sudden, I sound She'll sick. I didn't sound sick. sick a second ago. You didn't. It's like a show, the I opposite mean, of a show voice. I'm not sick. Do you have... Um, Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. <laughs> I am not sick. And now it just sounds like This American Life. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know... <laughs> if you were a uh, like a political commentator, oh. how would you call... Give me a, like if you're calling a state in the election, like uh, so-and-so won with this percentage of the vote, give me your, give me your call. That's a, that's a great question. Let's see. Um, uh, oh, we have this just in. Jojo Phillips, uh, you know, the underdog in Arkansas. He's gonna, looks like he's going to take the seat for independent. Yeah, it, I was an independent in Arkansas. Yeah. A little bit of a scandal towards the end. Yeah. Uh, they found out that I... I use blades. Apparently, his his running mate mm-hmm. was actually a canine. Yeah, and which, uh, which is legal in Arkansas only. The only problem was I was a former dog catcher, so you know yeah. there, there were questions. That well, were the legitimacy of the dog's desire to run with you is unclear. Yeah, and it may have been on a leash. And my opponent's slogan, "Who let the dogs out." was used much against me in the lead up to the final race. I mean, the thing we really need to question as this win comes in, again, this is breaking news, mm-hmm. is, is is JoJo running on the platform of dogs at large? Or, or is he really speaking about dog rights in this particular case? You know, everything being said with the election over, I think it's time we put that behind us. Yeah, that's good. <sighs> that's good. I mean, the only problem is that, you know, even at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you, your dogs are going to be barking. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're, you're specifically JoJo. These dogs are made for barking, and barking's what they'll do. Welcome to the EL Show, presented by Precision Pro. There you go. Uh, you could get a new rangefinder, an NX10. Mm-hmm. And I, can, can they make custom sleeves? That'd be cool. They can. You can you can go on to precisionprogolf.com, and you can upload your own PNG bitmap, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's one that already has my dog on it. Yes. How great would it be if you, if we had just, if you were in a random foursome and you yeah. pulled your sleeve out and it had your dog and then your partner had their dog? All, everyone's dogs Keep playing them golf. with you. Yeah. So anyway, you can get $20 off. You go to precisionprogolf.com. Thank you for presenting the show, Precision Pro. And uh, thank you for, thank you for uh, partnering with Random Golf Club for the last several years. We're big, big fans of that. And, um, and you are too. I'm an enormous fan of the EEL show in particular, but also of Precision Pro. Hey, I did have a uh, I did have a question for you on, oh, on that. Do you think we have uh, a number of Bills who listen to this podcast? There's at least four. If your name is Bill, yeah, email hello at Random Golf Club. That's it. Just if your name is Bill, if, if you go Bill. by Bill, if you go by Bill and you play golf, mm-hmm. let us know where you play. And we'd love to reach out to you. Yeah, there's just no no other reason. Otherwise, we have a, a wonderful. Also, let us know how old you are. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also important. Let us know. Let us know your ASL. <laughs> well, we know. Well, we we think you're a guy, but you never yeah, know. that there you go. That's that's a really good Billy's. If there's any yeah. any out there, just hello at randomgolfclub.com. Yeah, uh, and and we'll we'll get back to you presently. Send us the bill. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Very excited for today's show. Um, Cathal and I, an old friend, dig into something that we made together. Yeah. did You know when I was doing prep for the show, just kind of getting it all together, do you know I didn't know Cathal had a last name? Uh, I thought he was like Cher. What is his last name? McIntyre. Right, right, McIntyre. Yeah, right, but he's course. such a, he's just Cathal. He's just a one-name guy. How, do you, how does that happen? You went the other direction. I got you know, all the names. You, you could have really saved too some... Many. Uh, yeah, I mean he he's a he's a one name guy though. I mean he because he embodies um, a spirit. If you had to describe him in three, if what kind of golfer is Cathal? Well, I, I'm not going to do that one, but I think I'll do the other one that you okay. were going to say, just okay. as a person. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I get three words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like. It's like um, if you've ever wanted to know whether or not we prepare things on oh, the yeah, show, it's, we don't prepare. It, everything no, you hear is happening in the moment. Real. You probably thought that bit at the beginning about the pres- of the election was uh, staged. Nope. Yeah, I would say it's um, intentional, mm-hmm. messy, funny. Wow, 
And all those things are the same. That's just a good time. Intentional mess. <laughs> intentionally messy in a funny way. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a mess. He's a bit funny and he's also intentional. And uh, I just, you know, I love his brand, Sounder. Yeah. Sounder Golf. Sounder and Folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Folk. And he has such, speaking of intentionality, he, he's, he thinks so hard about those words. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That, and he makes a great podcast interview. I mean, even though his computer died towards the end, which is why he just kind of dips. But, um, yeah, we had a great time catching up. And, yeah, I'm excited for you to meet him, everybody. Without any further ado. Cathal, one name. I, I want to start almost like, when when did we play that uh, Roosevelt over in uh, Los Angeles together? Remember, remember when we played that nine-hole executive course in L.A.? Yeah, when you handed me Mura Butter Blades for the first time. <laughs> Cost me so much money since then. <laughs> Ever since I met you, my golf's got I, expensive. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, now you're the traveling the, everywhere. Yeah, no, what I think that God, uh, I mean, it must have been. Big, it was more than six eight, years ago because I was I married. Think seven or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah seven or eight years ago. Flies, and I, and I think like when when we. Like, like, do you have any memories from that round? I mean, I remember, I remember my general memory is your, I think that was the first time we played golf together. First time, yeah. And I remember your, like, just energy on the golf course was like, <laughs> just, just like super different than what I was used to. Like super <laughs> casual. So you were super stylish, you know, you were. You were probably wearing sneakers and like not anything golf apparel. And there was definitely no golf apparel. You know, I was doing a little fashion tour of the US at the time. So probably a bag full of common projects and really holy t-shirts. Um, but I, I do not remember the two guys we were paired up with. Um, Those two beautiful guys. They were like, one of them worked for, uh, he was a nurse, I think. He yeah. was about six foot nine. And uh, he was, I, I thought he was awesome. Did he have the tattoo of the golf ball on his shin? Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, no, maybe he had like the word golfer something, in Chinese on his foot or something? Something odd like that. But they were, they were really fun. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lovely day. Early in the morning, I would call as well. Can I ask you a question? Why do you remember his occupation? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't remember know, that at he, all. Because he was just so tall and he was just like, he was just a really mellow guy, and then I was thinking, he's a nurse, man. It must be. So- I I know I know nurses from when I was brought up, and they were just angels, you know. And this right. guy, and I, I just think of nurses being that's a hard job, dude. Yeah. Whatever you are in the world, that's a hard job. Probably gets harder in different countries, but I just and when he told me he was a nurse, I was just like, of course you are, man. He's just like, <laughs> just, of course you are, and then therefore you must be one of those angels, you know. It's it's always so interesting because I, I don't know I like I I feel like I don't have a great memory or, or at least I have a different memory I feel like than other people have you have you had this where you like it could be all the drugs but like have you had this where you look back and you and another person have like very different memories from a specific all the time all the time I was on a walk uh, on Friday I went out to run Checkers which is the famous place where uh, the prime ministers go to have their weekends away and me and my friends went uh, walked around checkers a couple of mates one of them you know sam uh, from zero yeah. seven and and we've t- traveled the world together and i went into a, a situation when we were in san francisco and we, we played golf in one of those little uh, pitch and putt nice nine hole courses in golden gate and and we had completely different memories of the whole thing and i was talking to sam uh the uh, the zero seven guy you know and we were just we were talking about playing golf in San Francisco, this nine hole course. And my my recollection was completely wrong. There was a guy who ran out of the bush and sold his beer, you know. We we just had we'd had a massive hangover. He he'd played at the Fillmore the night before, you know, and he was like, No, do you not remember that other guy? and we same experience. Yeah. You know, ten years later. I suppose maybe it just goes like that. Those <laughs> aging brains that have uh, seen a few too many. So we're gonna get into like your experience building a clothing brand, your experience building a golf clothing brand. I kind of want to go back yeah. and, and our collaboration, which we're super excited about, but, but I want, I want to kind of go back and, and like hear about Cathal's, 
young golf experience in in Glasgow? Like 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 what, what, when when was was there a moment mm-hmm. uh, in your childhood? And you've told me a few of these sneaking onto trains and things like that, sneaking into events. But like, was there a moment when you looked at golf and you just saw that like it was going to be something that was going to like be with you for the long term? Uh, no, I did. I don't think I'd ever thought of it that way. I think basically my father was crazy for golf, and I think he was kind of equally crazy not to be in the house so much. So I spent a lot of time with him on the course from a young age. Uh, you know, like I think I probably picked up a club around five and used to follow him around. And then, and then not, maybe a few years after that, I became a junior member and met some, some kids there who were really good. And I think that that's what got me really into the journey there. And we just had endless summers and holidays just at the golf course and getting up to so much mischief, but also playing so much of the game. And, and I was just really into sport and being skillful at a game is, feels really exciting. So there was just a lot of time trying to, who could, who could hit the sand shot like Seve, who could smash that 200 yards from wherever. And I think we, were, we just spent a lot of time finessing shots. And I was lucky that my two best friends at the time were both junior club champions and they, and they were really good. And I wasn't particularly good. I was really good at soccer. But um, they got me really into the skill of the game. And I think uh, it, we, just, we just spent a lot of time playing and a lot of time hanging out, a lot of time sneaking beers out of, the, uh, out of the dirty bar. You know, it was really fun. And I think I got really into it and I got really into the equipment side of it, basically playing with McGregor blades and not having new equipment, but having kind of kind of stuff that looked cool, you know? Right. And I think uh, I even remember writing to Ping when I was 15, telling them that they needed to employ me to design some of their stuff because it was rubbish. <laughs> I didn't say it was rubbish, by the way. I was really polite. My mum spell-checked the letter, but um, <laughs> she, thought it was qu- she thought it was quite entertaining that I was writing to Ping to help them out. What did you, was it like with a pencil or a pen? Like what, what was? You know, I, can't, I can't remember. I just uh, thought my mum just found it, found it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> really? Have you got the address? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it didn't even get posted. <laughs> you know, but we were really into all the gear. You know, it was like really fun. You know, we were we were wearing like uh, Adidas stuff, like bright yellow sweaters and and stuff like that on the golf course. You think that's uh, Adidas wasn't in the game then? Right. It was nowhere near the game. But we were wearing sportswear on the course because we were really into kind of paninaro casual culture. You know, as kids, we were into style and what looked really cool. We were really into music. So when we went to gigs, we'd dress up that way. When we were on the golf course, we wanted to be completely different from all the other golf guys. It was really fun. It was a really great uh, kind of early teens thing. That's so. It, it didn't even occur to me that there was a time that Adidas wasn't into golf. I didn't yeah. even... So, so when did you start seeing a shift in in the game, if you will, or in the fashion of the game? Um, I think I always liked the fashion of the game. I think I I quite liked the way certain adults dressed. You know, some of them would just wear an Argyle Pringle sweater with a club name on it and a really rank pair of trousers and some kind of weird shiny leather shoes. And it would look pretty dated. You know, it looked like some sad comedian, you know, I don't know, but... uh, you know, it's kind of like quite odd, you know, maybe like that guy in uh, Tin Cup, is it? No, not Tin Cup. Uh, anyway, the, the we there were certain people that looked really good. Sevy looked great, you yeah. know, and all these black or dark navy. And I just, I was always into looking good, you know. Uh, maybe I was probably more obsessed with it than all the other guys that I played with. And I probably influenced them a bit, but we were all really into trying to look different, have little soft bags and, you know, you know, have an eclectic kind of group of clubs as opposed to just having new titles, new pings. So it was kind of fun. There was a kind of, it was a, we were kind of searching for, for uh, stuff and how to look different. And we went on team matches. We definitely turned up looking like a ragtag of bright colors and pretty messy looking crew. But for me, we looked really stylish. Right. You know, you know it was a bit like watching the Stooges when they came on stage for the first time, you know. How how do you like 
like I'm trying to imagine. I mean, I can see it, right? I can I can see what you're talking about. Um, and I'm and I'm almost I'm trying to wonder, like, you know, this desire that you have as an individual, which is, I'm 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 I know you. Obviously, we've we've gone on trips together. We've spent time together. We've ridden trains together. We haven't ridden a plane together yet, but you know what I mean? Like, like I know you, so I, so I know a lot about you, but I'm just for, for the people that are meeting you now, I'm, I'm trying to like look at this kind of desire that you have to like express yourself through uh, clothing and, and, and kind of how you like show up in the world. And then also like how that gets into your golf bag is interesting too. And I'm wondering like, what's, what's the, what's the desire to have, you know, because I'm, I'm picturing Cathal and his group wearing the Adidas gear that's not in golf yet with a golf bag that's not traditional and, and kind of with a bunch of different weird clubs that are all kind of unique and interesting and have a story. And maybe I'm answering the question for you, but like, you know, it's like, it's like then I'm comparing that to stock standard golfer, right? With the yeah. larger bag, matching set, you know, like dumb head covers that just have the brand name on them. And I'm just wondering like, what is that like mo like like what's the point for you like like you know what i mean like what why do you why do you do that is it a product or is it like what is that yeah it's an interesting thing but i uh i i have often thought about that but i i've i've just went with it i'm just from a young age completely compelled to consider everything that comes with what you wear and the situation you're in if you can control them in your house in your bedroom in your fucking toilet, you know, it's like, it, it's, it, I want things to look as I want them to, and I want, I like the foraging for, uh, to, to find influence, you know, whether that's going to the opera, or whether that's going to, I'm going to go and see Bill Callahan tonight, who's from Austin, you know, oh, Bill cool. Callahan? Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm going wait, to see why don't him I singer? Uh, he's, he's from Smog, he's a country singer, gothic, gothic, uh, Gothic folk and apocalyptic country is his genre. Oh, uh, so sick. It's, uh, it, it, he's, he's so sick. I'm going to look um, But the, it's just the, it's the whole thing about being, compa- it is compelled. And sometimes I try to uh, unravel it, but actually it's probably best not. I just, that's what I do. I like, I like dressing you. I like, I like dressing people. I like, having an influence on that and that's really kind of not, over the years of been concentrating on it myself I, I like the idea of helping influence other people as well uh, okay this show and this episode specifically is sponsored by BetterHelp. unfortunately life doesn't come with a user manual as much as you've been looking uh so if it's not working for you it's normal to feel stuck Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or, for example, rain. Rain. It's raining currently, but you can't hear it. Yeah, and you can't plan for that. You can't, well... eh. You can't stop the rain. But uh, anyway, the therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of the challenging emotions. (laughs) My phone's down. Can't Can't plan for that. Tell you what. I tell you one of the things about me. I don't have a phone case. Yeah, and you are testing that today. <laughs> it's the second drop. Um, but not having a phone case is kind of like going around without BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. Because uh, as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million phones with cases. Oh, no. Wait, sorry. Oh, sorry. 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. So all you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, bam, you can, you can easily switch to a new therapist <laughs> anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save up to 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Anders. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, go to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Anders. You, you said a word that uh, you said a word that really struck me, which was foraging. Can can you explain? Can you dig deeper on that? Like like the forager, I can see it again. I, I know you, yeah. so I can see you kind of roaming throughout the world seeking a 
seeking a strange mushroom and kind of like collecting it and like yeah. and like consuming it not necessarily to get high but but just because that's what you enjoy why, why do you enjoy that i don't know I, it, it's part of the process so the the thing i i got bitten quite young by the the process of making a garment i used to work in a shop and they used to buy the garments in from really fancy fashion designers and they weren't making too much money so i suggested we make some of our own clothes so I got some jeans made, got some shirts made, and I, it was so exciting to, to make that. So I had to go and find the factory, went to Ireland. I was 17 at the time, went to Ireland to find a, a jeans manufacturer and came back and got some jeans made for my guys in Glasgow. And that was just really exciting. So that's part of the foraging process, finding the right manufacturer, finding the right fabric manufacturer, finding the right buttons, or even just being... Uh, when when I was younger in San Francisco, I used to go a lot and basically go to the markets and find uh, moccasin boots and leather things and accessories and come back and take them to the factory and then get them made. There's something really exciting about that. And I think a lot of designers do like a version of that and everyone's got their own version and I've got mine and it's really fun, you know? So, uh, so yeah, that's probably that. I'm, I'm like, there's like, I'm developing a feeling right now, which is, um, you know, how many shops do you have now for folk? At the moment, we've got three. We had six before the pandemic, but we kind of, we've kind of, we've pulled it. We're more, we've went, because of the pandemic, we're quite a lot online. So, and, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll and open the, more. And London, we're talking about London, so a little bit, not the same as Texas as far as, <laughs> but anyway, different, different topic. But, but like, I'm thinking about the time I've spent in your stores and mm -hmm. and holding the the clothing that's displayed and then leaving with a good portion of it and wearing it yes. around. And everyone asked me about my green pants. You know, I, I, I wore those in a few videos and I was like, where did you get those pants? And I'm like, dude, Cathal. And, and I'm like, I'm thinking about you in the process of making them. And I, and I guess I haven't really thought about that yet. Like, like, I'm 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 getting like a a, feel, a a tremendously positive feeling of like excitement when I'm thinking about you, like in the process of making these things that is now your job and I'm and I'm and I guess it's a yes or no question but like is that process the reason why you do it is that the most is that the most like exciting part for you or or is there another part like like I would imagine seeing it on people is great too but what's oh, the best. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I think they, they all come in stages, I think. Maybe, let's say, you're a performer and you write the song, but then you perform the song, and then you hear people listening to the song. Potentially, it's a little bit like that. I love seeing you in my clothes, and I especially like seeing you in my clothes when you've, you've worn them 50 times, and they've got, some, they've got some of your DNA on them. And you say, I know what you've been doing in those trousers, you know, because they take on a, a, a bit of a character. And I know it's just a pair of bloody trousers, but that's just part of my what I have I think and I, I really enjoy all sides of it and they come it comes in waves sometimes because of the size of the company and I get to do more of one thing and then I come over and I'm doing more of the, the foraging I'm off to India in 10 days to go to the guys in Delhi who are, and play some golf there and then work on some new trousers for Sounder so that's really exciting and and you know so that I'm really excited about going there and going to the market, buying some fabrics, and then just coming up with a new, a new kind of trouser line while I'm there, and what that will be will be. I want to go. <laughs> oh man, you'd love this guy. It's, it's like I told you about. We him, spoke guy, about him, yeah. Yeah, Morty and his third hole in one in his life, and we'll play at the Royal Delhi. I think he's 83, 84, Morty. So we're going to play every day when I'm there, it, it, very early in the morning. Yeah, that's the time to play in, in India. Yeah. yeah. So 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 folk runs its course. It's 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 a it's a it's it's at a pace now where yeah. uh, you say I've got enough time to do something different. And and I think you and I played golf in Scotland about three years ago. Maybe four. Maybe yeah. four. And you said yeah. on the course, you said, I'm thinking about doing something in golf. Yeah. And 
you know, it's like, it's, it's not that, it's not that talk is cheap, but I don't, I remember, I remember that conversation distinctly. I remember hearing about it and I, yeah. and so therefore I know that there was energy there. I know that there was some type of energy in this conversation coming from you and I definitely felt it. And, you know, then, then all of a sudden it's, it's here and it's this thing called sounder. Can you, can you like, how satisfying has that been? Uh, well, it should be more satisfying. <laughs> It has taken it has taken on more work than I planned, but you know what? It's I'm I'm kind of in it to win it. It's been really really nice. Uh, it was nice agreeing to go with it. It was probably more fun coming up with the concept, right? <laughs> and doing and designing and doing that stuff and conceptualizing, and then obviously, like you say, talk is cheap, you know. And we, uh, James and I, uh, my partner, founder member founder of uh, solo uh, founder with me um, when we decided to go for it we had to go for it and uh, it's, that's been quite a arduous process because it's it's not it's not as you know you own your own company it's not it's not quite it doesn't go as you planned the cash flows look really good the cash flows looked amazing we, yeah. we were you know, we were selling a lot of, of things, but a pandemic got in the way and various things. So it, it's really exciting. And it's nice to be in golf and it's nice to have the time to do it. I was meant to play more golf. And initially my handicap dropped. I was having a great time. But I think right. I probably played six, six, six full games this year. But that's okay. That'll come. What, um, as, a, as, a, as a person who's decided to not only forage fabric and turn them into a, a garment, but a person who's decided to basically forge their own life into a, a job that didn't exist until you arrived. Right. I mean, you, you, you created, uh, um, you know, you, you created a place to send your own resume and, yeah. and I, and I relate to that. I, I don't know mm -hmm. what that's not like, you know, cause I don't, I don't, my last job was waiting tables when I was 20. So I'm wondering, you know, what, uh, what, what what's what's the hardest part of that you know in 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 now doing this for is it has it, how long has it been that you've been sort of owning the game for yourself uh that uh, since i was 25 right so i was 25 years i've uh, worked for myself i think i only ever wanted to work for myself and i i really wanted to make my own garments whatever shape that would take i didn't really know I think if you were to uh, show a young me how many hours I would have to spend doing it, I'd probably, I'd probably go back to university and actually study. <laughs> I don't know if I'd manage it because I was shit at it, but um, uh, I, it feels really nice, Eric. It feels really empowering. I, I, when I, because I, we, with the success of folk, I've got a little bit more time to, to talk to people. And uh, before I didn't really recognize what we'd achieved, but it's it's quite uh, it's it's it look, when you get a chance to look back and you talk to people like I've just been given a fellowship to a university. They're coming to give give me a gown, and I've got to do a speech, and I've got to say this, and I'm like, Are you joking? You guys kicked me out of that place, you know? You told me to leave. No <laughs> way. Like, Don't come back ever again. And uh, so, and and so, it's quite nice. So it's it it it's definitely from the outside. People are saying, "Hey, that's pretty good," and that feels quite nice. And I'm pretty proud of that. So it's pretty cool. I'm sure you are too. Of your thing. So wait, you 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 didn't finish university or, or college? No, I, I I basically ghosted in and I took as many loans as they could give me, and uh, you know couple of emergency loans because my leg had fallen off or whatever and uh and ran a mile before they asked for the money back you know and uh it was just a, it was just a somewhere to go i wasn't cut out i'm pretty badly dyslexic and um i'm kind of more a visual guy and so it was it was never really for me but i i went there because it was somewhere to go but the idea that now they're celebrating you and yeah. what you've learned and what you have to teach is it's got to be really it's amazing. powerful so cool man it's like the, the, getting the call and I, i've helped i've helped them out many times they 
the students come and see me once a year and I do a talk for them and they get to ask questions and I, I obviously get them in for internships. We've had God knows how many, a hundred interns coming through the office over the years. You know, and, and they, they always they always get something out of it. I tend to get something out of, of them because they're that bundle of energy that we talk about. You you know, you, you vibe off that shit. You know, when I see you, I vibe off what you're doing. And so it's nice, but it's it's nice that it's being recognized yeah. in the halls of education. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, there's this there's this energy to, I think, the, the world now is so exciting in a way because with, with the ability to create anything, essentially, a, a video, a song, uh, a fucking glass of, you know, a bottle of oat milk, you know the market is so open to individuals it's like it's like the the creators can now take back um you know the the concept of of exchange kind of and it's like totally radical i to me it's i'm yes. probably not as radical as it is to you uh how old are you Cathal? 50 i was 50 this year right so i'm 41 so it's like we're like very close in age but it it probably Bastard. what Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To, I mean, I feel like we're the same age. I feel like 20%. we're the same age, but I'm. <laughs> but but I am like I am like how how have you seen that? Because I mean that that I mean folk was started before e-commerce existed, right? Yeah. Like you were doing wholesale, and you had stores, and you were probably like like people were fulfilling orders via email, but it probably wasn't like, let me send you the line sheet in a PDF, right? Or, or, or yeah. what was it like in the beginning, in the early days? Yeah, well, we, we would tour the world. I would be in, I'd be in New York and people, I'd go to a trade fair. I'd go to a trade fair in Copenhagen, Amsterdam, Paris, Milan, take, rent a showroom, call these people up, send them emails, send them faxes in the beginning, you know, that <laughs> shit, and uh, whatever, and say, come and see my, my stuff. And actually, it's a shame because those guys were, those say those shops, say I'd sell to a guy in Brescia in the north of Italy. They were the tastemakers for that city. Right. You know, what they said go, goes. And nowadays, it's kind of quite homogenized, you know, if that's the right word. You know, it's kind of everyone knows what they want to get and you can see everything online. And yeah, so it's uh, different, but it's still cool. But also that that experience for you of this like adventure of you know you're you're a very social person right and you and you love community and i mean fuck like folk it's <laughs> you know what i mean like it's about people it's about coming together and having fun and and it and that definitely manifests itself into the clothing and 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 to the way you feel when you wear it and i'm sure that that process of like of like the industry at the time of like like you said, meeting the tastemakers and going to dinner and going to a show and like experiencing the manifestation of this brand around the world must have been like, must have been like incredible. Oh yeah, it was so rich and so much fun. And, and you, the influence you take back home with you, you know, when you did a tour in Japan, you know, you yeah. go out there and show people your clothes and present it to those guys. And, it's, and in fact, in the beginning, we, own, we only sold in Japan. And and then in years to come, the guys have said you you design very like Japanese people, which is really interesting. Interesting. Such a, a European brand, and uh, and they, they, they so it's it, the, all that influence and all those meeting those people was really fun, and not just on email or on a Zoom call. It was really good to go to source, you know. I, I am very inspired by Japanese style as well, and I've I've oh, been lucky enough yeah. to go there like five times in my life and every time I go I like buy a suitcase when I'm there and I come back with just the craziest shit I'm curious to know one of the first things I noticed about your 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 decision making around clothing was um you use Japanese sizing so numeric so one two three four and five which I didn't I didn't probably even know what the fuck that was until I got to Japan and I was like why is everything a number when when yeah. did you decide to use that system? Was it common well, at the time? My, my, no, it wasn't common. The system was born through a bit of comedy and irony in the sense that I used to work in a shop in Glasgow and 
you know, it was a very popular shop, popular for very uh, uh, kind of colourful people, whether it be a, a kind of famous singer down to a gangster. And, and I had this conversation with a guy one day who was from the gangster fraternity. And he was, and, I, and he said, hey, what size am I, wee man? I, I, what size am I? I said, you're a, you're a small paddy. You're a small. He said, I'm no fucking small. I'm no small. And he was, I said, no, you're a size small. I didn't say you're small. And it was just this thing about this guy getting upset because he thought I called him small. And he was small, but he had an inferiority thing. And, it was, and I, said, I, said, I said, I'm going to do, do numbers on my clothes. And that's why I did numbers. You're a size three. You can't see. Yeah, you're not small. You're a size three. You're a size yeah. two. And it was done like that. And actually, it does. It's a very much a topic of conversation in the shops when people come and say, can you explain the sizing system? And actually, some people are a bit pissed off with it. But oh, it's, really? it's there to stay, you know. Well, why are they pissed? <laughs> they don't like numbers. I don't know. They just want to know if they're a medium or a small. But, you know, if you go in and buy something from, uh, I don't know, Viz Vim, or you buy something from Comme de Garçon, there's different sizing structures. So yeah, it, uh, people, people, that, people like to move. That is the interesting thing is, like, a medium is relative. So yeah, totally. either way, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, but in, for you guys, a three is a medium or is a three a large? Because I'm a three. Three is a medium. You're a, yeah. you're a medium. I'm a good, I'm a good Honestly, three. You are, you're a good three. <laughs> <laughs> I am sample size, by the way, which I didn't realize. Totally. Like, I'm so grateful. Do you know how much yeah. Do you know how much money I spend on trying to remain sample size? <laughs> <laughs> I played badminton last night. I was boxing this morning. I was, you know, literally, it's, uh, it's tough when you turn 50. You don't know that yet. Well, <laughs> I <laughs> we, we, uh, speaking of your activities, um, when we, when last time or not last, last time we hung out was at the open, which we have to talk about. Yeah. We have, we're going to get yeah. into sounder in a second. And I can't wait to ask you my, the biggest question that I have, which is, I haven't asked you yet. I can't believe, but, um, holding on that, but, but when we, when we were together in London earlier in the summer, um, we had like a crazy active day. We, we like, and I basically was just hanging out a day in your life. We 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 met up, we met up at this pond in in yeah. in London, and and we went for a swim, which was way more strenuous than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, it was lovely, wasn't it? it was Can really you describe nice. this place? Because I oh, so it's a it's a beautiful oasis in Hampstead Heath in London, North London, and so there's a there's a river comes all the way from Birmingham and runs through this park called the River Aston and we've got like two particular ponds that are in the in the in the in the park. One's the ladies' ponds and one is the men's. Obviously we went to the men's and it's a it's a lovely place for you basically we I go in the mornings before work. I'm still doing it now. It's down to like eleven degrees. Um, but I probably will stop in about two weeks until spring. Um, AC my partner she goes the whole year round. Uh, but it's a re it's just I know it's that's true. that German blood man totally and um, she's got a whole gang and they love it but it's just a, a gorgeous place to go and that's after work before work finish work early just a good refresher it's quite close to our golf club Highgate and it's good to come down go down there after or before just all round good vibrations it's a really good place and Highgate as a golf course if you're envisioning golf in London. Uh, this course is unusual. It's it's quite hilly. And again, yeah. I felt like I was in like a, a I was in like a a British kind of like a, you know a upper middle class triathlon of like yeah. a morning swim, a two mile walk around a, around a hilly golf course, and then and then we basically traipsed through um, Soho with our suitcases <laughs> all, off the right. cobblestones. Yeah, it's good. Highgate's a good place. They, they, London's just a fun city. When you, when you know how to navigate it, and I've been here a long time, so 29 years, it's just there's a lot of good things to do. It's yeah. really kind of wholesome, you know? Okay, so when do you realize, well, first of all, people listening probably don't know the origin of the name Sounder. Oh, Really? Yeah, and so what have you? Do you know JoJo? Or are you, JoJo's listening? Do you know what it sounders from? JoJo doesn't know, so this is great. 
Oh, great. What? So Sander, uh, shall I tell you? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I oh. know only a fraction. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it's, not, it's not such a huge story in that it was the clubs that Sevi used prior to his deal with Slazenger. And, uh, and we appropriated, we took the name. We, the name was available to, for us to use. And uh, it, obviously, it, the great maverick, Sevi himself, is, uh, is kind of, it's got a, f a really strong part in our memory, especially UK, European guys, but obviously globally, he's pretty uh, highly regarded. So uh, it, was, uh, it was available, it also just sounds great. The whole thing about being sound, you know, and coming from me being uh, part of something called folk, which is a people thing, and the sound is a really good term, and especially the Scousers of Liverpool, you're sound mate, and that means you're, you're cool. And so the whole thing, just the package was great, right? great timing. And uh, we, we, we were wrangling around for a name, and it was James has just said, stop the bus. I have it. This is what we're using. And it was really exciting. So let's let's uh, let's talk about James for a second because <laughs> so I met James for the first time without you. Um, I went over to Urban Golf, which is you know his um, simulator space in mm -hmm. in uh, what is it a it's a twenty minute walk from from your main spot in Soho there. Yeah, yeah. And so we go over there, and um, you know I. The phrase down the rabbit hole is uh, often it's used, good. but not quite accurate to describe like, you know, it's, it's usually an overstatement down the rabbit hole with James is an understatement. Like I literally, I literally walked into this door, descended down one set of stairs. We're underground. It's the most beautiful, like indoor golf establishment I've ever been to. It's got neon signs that have like the phrases of golf. It's very fun. And like the environment is very friendly and communal, but then you go into his domain, which is this like back corner. It's got a separate simulator with a glass wall uh, that is like got a couch in front of it. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you were in a club, this is like the VIP area. And not totally. to say that it, it's not really exclusive. It's just James's spot. Like it's where he hangs out and totally. he probably hits <laughs> way too many golf balls in there. But then when you go beyond that area, there's a door that takes you to like a walk-in closet. That's, I mean, it's probably 400 square feet back there. And that's when you really meet James because yeah, totally. there are, there are, Full sets of clubs, decades old, untouched. There are shafts, grips, ferrules, uh, you know, tape, uh, pliers, you know, like vice grips. I mean, there is, it is like a, it is like if, if, if you weren't really familiar with the concept of golf, you might think that this man is like into like torture or some shit. Like he's just like fascinated with like the, like yeah. the, there's like so much metal and like filings and like, you know, oh, it's, totally. it, and it's all. And then when you dig deeper, he walks you through this space and everything's got a story. This yeah, is, totally. um, you know, this is Ian Woosnam's wedge, literally his wedge. This is yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like, and like, and, and, oh, and this is what I believe to be the best set of irons. And I have 10 sets because they don't make it anymore. And they're all just reserved. They're just, they're just hanging out. And it's like, he's not a hoarder though. He's really, I guess he's a lot like he you. He's them. a forager. Yeah. He, yeah, totally. Uh, that it was when I first went to met James, I, I found them by chance, actually. Someone told me to get Project X shafts for my new Titleist clubs that someone gave me on a trade for clothes. Huh? Yeah, get that. I think it was. I think it might have been Niall Horan, you know, the Irish oh, singer? Oh, sure. Might be one of his managers or something, and we did this trade, and he traded me some clubs, and, and then my friend had said, get, get really good shafts put in. I said, what? And I found the nearest guy was James. I Googled him. I went down and I got to the bunker and I was like, hey, this is cool. And, uh, and I, I walked out a month later with a set of murals. Yeah. Gave the tightness away. You and, got the uh, CB501s? Sorry, I have to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're probably the easier ones to hit. Yeah. The oh, easy, no, well, the, yeah. 
I mean, they're not Slightly. easy. You know, any golf club yeah. is not easy to hit. But those are just that's true. Crispy. Shouldn't see it. Shouldn't see it like that. But they, they, yeah, I, I ended up walking out with them thousands of pounds lighter. I still blame you for that. Actually, you were the conduit for the mirror. You were the starter. Hopefully, um, I've, the, I, I, hopefully I've. Uh, Hopefully, I, I, if I owe you, I'm I'm happy to trade. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't owe me. I I I I played my best ever sequence of holes on Monday. It was like ever. I was really uh, yeah. Wait, I'm, tell I, me, tell I, me. I played I well. With well, I, I I basically had a, a quick lesson with this guy Griff, who actually probably put my clubs together, and I went out and did an eleven hole loop with him, and uh, and I was just a level level par for the eleven, but really should have been two under. And it was with ease for the first right. time I was playing. It was, it was, I didn't scramble for anything. I lipped out twice and, you know, and it should have chipped in and hit the flag and came out. And it was, it was like I was just tapping shit in and it was felt very good. So the mirrors are doing proud. It's me, it's me that's the issue. I have the issues. <laughs> um, but yeah, but James, going back to James's bunker, it's bloody fascinating. And actually, I'm sure that was part of the draw for us to work together. Because it took quite a few months before we got back together again. Right. You know, it was a kind of we 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 laughed about the kind of the story with the Rafa guy who was laughing at me for playing golf, and uh, yeah, he thought it was funny. Yeah, and and subsequently I told James, and that triggered our thoughts. And Simon Simon's now an investor in in Sounder, which is pretty cool. I love. I, I I've, I've I've always looked at Rafa as a really interesting brand. And I think they have a lot in common with Sounder and Folk and Random Golf Club. Um, I mean, we can leave that for another day. I, th I think um, so. So, like, we, I got the chance to be with you and work on really like kind of being in the 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 editing room or the canvas room um, in in taking some things that you've already made and, and we, and we put some random golf club patches on it. And like, I remember that being really like a thing that I don't get to do that much. It was very fun. And mm -hmm. like, we were able to like make something together. And I think on some level, when I was like reflecting back on it, it's like, I wonder how often, you know, do you do the calculation where it's like, Oh, and I'm I'm sure you go through this, but where you're like, I want to do this, but that's also impossible. So I'm going to do something that I'm going to choose something that I can do. And as a creative person, yeah. but also a business owner, like, is that a, is that a equation that you've gotten better at? Is it, how does it leave you emotionally when you're like, but I, and I, or I. Yeah. I'm probably more at peace with the, what I can't do now. Whereas before I used to push it, push it real hard. You know, like, no, I will buy all the buttons in Japan. All the buttons for this collection are going to be secondhand found in, in Oxfam shops. And the Whoa. production people are like, fuck off. You Whoa. know, so it's like, and so now you're, now we're at a stage of, I know the parameters to make something successful. So I, I obviously, I use this analogy that I think some of the greatest art in the world was made under real pressure during war times, under extreme kind of, economic pressures and some of the greatest art was made then so I, I what I I instruct my production teams to build a box and then and then we have a really good party in the box but you can't you only have what's in the box to use so you can't go and go to Japan and get those fancy buttons because you're not allowed and Whoa. then so we have to use what we've got and it's quite a good way to work because it, it gives restrictions to the design team but if you're naturally creative, you you, know, you should be able to make something out of pretty much anything. So, and we we're not giving them nothing. We're giving them Korean beautiful nylon. We're using Vislon zips. We're using. We've got a lot of great shit to put, play with. But it allows me to give you that jacket. It comes out looking so good, but it's one hundred and forty-five dollars, or it's one hundred and forty-five pounds, as opposed to if I use Japanese nylon, I use zips from. Um, say uh, the Riri special collection, then it'll be 275 quid and wow. I would sell 12. So it's, it's a big swing. So now I'm probably more at peace with making, I, I don't get so upset because I actually love the fact that I make something that hits the nail in the head and it sells really well. It becomes popular, yeah. you know, instead of it just being dead cool and selling fire. And then, 
I love that, right? I think I was just laughing about the Japanese buttons or the or the, or the thrift store buttons. I could just yeah. I could just see you really buttons. Yeah. really pushing on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you used to be able to go into an Oxfam shop in London and say, "I'll give you a fiver for the 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 metal like tub of buttons," and they'd say, "Yeah, no problem." And then we'd we basically got so many metal tubs full of buttons, like thousands of buttons. And we, we used it for, for a whole collection once, but it drove everyone mad, you know. I feel like now I'm remembering the first thing I ever had of yours was a cardigan, a blue cardigan, and it had um, four white buttons and one red one. Ah, oh, yes, I know the cardigan you mean. Yeah, I remember that one. I don't know. I think I left that at someone's house. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's not who, many of those around anymore. I know. I should... Uh, it might be tricky to get that one back, but <laughs> maybe we're, so. We're laughing because that's an inside joke. Um, when uh, w- so with Sounder, I want to know like so because because we have, you know, I was in the the showroom essentially looking at the 2023 collection for Sounder. What are you most excited about that's coming out? Uh, actually, probably this uh, um, merging this kind of. You know, the way we play, the way we like golf at Sounder, play, play, doing one club challenge, playing foursomes, playing that really relaxed way, the way you guys do at RGC. Yeah. Like, you know, we're kind of, we love that shit. It's really lovely. So we kind of, I'm compiling this collection that uh, basically part of those nylon pieces we've done together, you yeah. know, the gilets and the, and, the, and the windproof pieces, but they kind of scrunch up to a tiny little bag and you can attach them to this bag we've designed is really beautiful, really lightweight, using nylons and, and using real strong influence from the, the climbing outdoor community, community. You know, using uh, carabiners to clip things on, clip on your strap, the strap comes off your bag and then you've got a travel bag that the strap goes onto. So you a really useful and lightweight, but f- really vibrant and full of color. I'm looking forward to bringing that to everyone. And I think that's part of the stuff we've done together is that vibrancy and color, the eclectic kind of nature of it can go anywhere, really hard wearing and kind of, but, but it's got, it's got some soul to it, you know? Yeah. It absolutely has some soul to it. And I think that's kind of like, I guess for me, that's like, you know, as we go through like golf and life and travel and work, it's like, it has to have soul. And I think going back to like where we started this thing off where, you know, you didn't feel the soul with the homogenous set and the golf apparel. And yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> like I don't, I didn't, when I, before I ever hit a golf ball, I didn't identify that there was any soul in golf until, until, and, and for me, that moment was, was kind of when the club hit the ball and, and it like, it was in my body, you know what I mean? Like you didn't feel the ball yeah. and, and on some sense sounder, like, is is reflecting that because the sound has a vibration and then the noise of the ball and you're like it makes a noise like it's so exciting <laughs>